Welcome to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Backus, and I am super excited, as always, to have astrologer, writer, my mentor, etc., Emily Trinkus with me today. And we're going to be talking about eclipses and eclipse season and probably lots of things, all the sort of cosmic backdrop of life right now. Um, First, I just want to say thanks, Emily, for being here. I'm really excited to have you and for our conversation, which I know will be intense and fun. My pleasure. Happy to be here as always, Christine. And uh, I also want to, let's just start with announcements and get those out of the way. And then we'll do a little bit of grounding because it's eclipse season and Uranus is super active too. And then we'll dive in, but let's, uh, Emily, I know you had something you wanted to announce. And so go for that. And then I'll do my own little announcement and we'll go on. Great. Thank you. So I am going to be um, a special guest in an offering on Saturday, this Saturday, um, the 22nd, Sasha Rose, our astro colleague who does great work on Venus. She is doing a day-long event called Offerings of Deep Beauty to Rebalance the World in honor of the Venus-Sun conjunction that's happening on Saturday. And I'm going to um, jump in and be part of that from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific. And uh, But she'll have stuff going on all day long, and you can find out about that at venuswisdom.com. Great. And I'll put that link in the uh, podcast description and Saturn or uh, Saturday being Saturn's day and a big day for many reasons. That's also the day that Saturn is stationing direct. And I'm sure it will come up through the course of today's discussion. And I just did an entire podcast episode on Saturn and what I'm learning about Saturn as I'm deep diving into Saturn as and preparing new offerings just based on claiming your Saturn. And so this Saturday, I'm doing a free workshop at 11 a.m. Pacific to 1 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be about two hours. And it's going to be about what Saturn really is and how when we when we claim our Saturn, that's how we can really claim our lives and what we want and our purpose on on this earth at this time as our, uh, yeah, in our incarnation. There's a lot to say about that, but I won't go into too much, but it's a free workshop. Um, I'll put the link in terms of signing up uh, in the show notes. And you can also go just straight to my website and the sign up link is right on the home page. And I'm super excited about um, what I've got going with Saturn. So you have two things. So hopefully your Saturday here, it's supposed to be rainy and it ought to be perfect. So some good stuff on Saturday to sign up for. And we could talk about some of the details again at the end. So with that, I wanna just start in on a little bit of a grounding exercise for all of us. Um, If you're in a place where it's comfortable and safe to close your eyes, you can do that, but you certainly don't need to. Uh, In any case, just start to feel the energy in your body, the physical sensations in your body. Notice whatever you're standing or sitting on and the parts of your body that are in contact with chair or floor or car, wherever you're listening um, to this podcast. I just feel that the physical sensations of the body, that's the quickest and easiest way to kind of come back to the here and now. 
is through the actual physical body. And so you can feel seat bones pressing against the seat or feet against the floor. Allow your weight to sink a little bit, feel the force of gravity. Even if you're in an airplane, you're feeling gravity. And then maybe just let yourself, let your attention wander to your breath for a few minutes without making any changes to the breath. Just notice that you're breathing. It's another really quick and simple and easy way to come back to earth and come back to the here and now. It's just feeling the sensation of the breath moving in and out of the body. And again, here you can tap into those physical sensations, the subtle physical movements of the rib cage and the abdomen, maybe the chest and the shoulders as the breath comes in and out. And if you want, you can take a couple of deep breaths. And then throughout the podcast, especially when we get going kind of talking quickly, which I know we tend to do, you might just keep some attention like part of your attention in your belly and your breath so that a part of you is staying um, grounded and in tune with the here and now, even while the mind is pulling in all this information and trying to make sense of it. Hmm. And so with that, I think we'll go ahead and start. And I know we both have a lot to say. Um, we sort of wanted to talk, I think we both wanted to start with um, a little bit about the backdrop of what's happening now. I mean, what's, what's, what are the cosmic forces that we're all um, feeling, whether it's a conscious feeling or not? And, uh, and we were talking before we got on to the podcast too about the fact that if we remember that all of the planetary movements come in cycles, right? That's what we're dealing with is rhythm and cycles. And some of them are short cycles like Mercury going around the sun three times a year and going um, retrograde three times a year and moving quickly. And then some of them there are the longer cycles like Saturn's almost 30 year cycle, but they're all in cycles. And so all these things that we're talking about are moving. And one of the things that we talked about at the beginning before the podcast was that every cycle is part of a continuum and every planetary alignment sort of sets up the next planetary alignment. And we'll talk more deeply about that when we get into the eclipses. But with that as a sort of a framing, Emily, do you wanna start with some of the backdrop? Cause I know you've really been, you've been doing classes on a lot of it and focusing on a lot of it. You wanna start? Sure. <laughs> and it's, it's a bit intimidating, right? Because we just have so much crazy, intense astrology happening. But I would say maybe then, and I don't even know if I want to set up a hierarchy here, but maybe the number one headline would be the last hurrah of the square between Saturn and Uranus. And my sense is that, um, and, and we'll, we'll talk more about what that is, but my sense is that as we come into the eclipses, which tend to crank up the volume on whatever else is already happening. And these eclipses, especially the second one we're coming into, interact very directly with the Saturn-Uranus square. 
So I'm really seeing that lunar eclipse in Taurus, which is like an extra powerful full moon that happens on November 8th, this as the Ta-da! Like the, the, we're in the last hurrah and the grand finale of this square between Saturn and Uranus that we've really been dealing with for the past couple of years. This was a, a headline throughout 2021, throughout 2022, with October being the time when it's exact, the last time it's exact, and that coincides with a lot of other intensity happening and particularly that second eclipse that directly activates that. So what is, what is this all about? So, you know, there's so many ways to think about it and I wanna talk about it more personally than in terms of the world, since the, you know, there, there are a lot of astrologers talking about this in terms of mundane astrology and all you have to do is look at the media and see it playing out. But on a personal level, thinking about it as, you know, these are thinking, that the planets are forces we, we carry within ourselves. They're not out there. I mean, maybe they are out there, but they're, they're really representing or signifying parts of ourselves. So there's a Uranian part of ourselves that wants to break through and change and take, take our lives to a higher level, Uranus, sky god, to elevate and to shatter the old limitations, which are, you know, and I know there's so many ways to think about Saturn, but one way to think about Saturn is our limits, right? Where we've said, I, this is how far I can go, right? And, and Uranus is like, really? There's so much more out there because Saturn is the last of the visible planets and Uranus the first, well, we, we'll, we'll forget about Chiron for the moment, but um, for a long time, Uranus was the first of the invisible planets representing this territory that's beyond our 3D reality and that takes us into this place of magic and mystery and, and all these possibilities, these, these possibilities to quantum leap beyond the limits of 3D, limits of time and space, let's say 3D reality. Um, Saturn is also a planet that represents our fears, you know, where, where we feel insecure, or, oh, I could never do that. Of course, there's a big relationship between fear and limitation, right? Um, and so Uranus to Saturn is like, let's go, let's break through that old fear. Are, are you sure that's, that's all you can do? Are you sure you can't go beyond that point? Um, so there's this inner struggle that the Saturn Uranus square is representing. And I'm sure everybody listening and certainly me, you know, certainly I can relate to this very personally and see how it's playing out in my own life where there, there's that stirring of you know, Uranian energy can feel very um, restless and anxious <laughs> also. So this, this kind of stirring of like, what else? What else is out there? Uh, what else is wanting to come through me? I mean, Uranus is also about our uniqueness and our unique gifts and individuation and being radically, courageously ourselves, whether or not anyone understands it, where Saturn can be about I, I gotta do it right. I need to follow the rules. I need to fit into society. Um, I need to make money. <laughs> you know, Saturn, our three D reality. Like, I, I, I need to have certain things, certain physical things in my reality to be here as a body, right? So, how do we, um, you know, a square being an angle of tension? A square carries the energy of Mars. 
So it, often there is something to do. And if we don't do anything, and the doing can be, you know, I, I mean that very broadly, that can also be very internal. But if, if the alternative to doing something is being very stuck, because a square, square energy can also feel stuck. It's like, uh, this part wants this and this part wants that. Uh, I'm just gonna. <laughs> but I, I, with this, I mean, Uranian energy can feel so explosive and volatile that if we're not sort of taking some movement forward or shaking something up in our own lives, if we're locked or we're in lockdown <laughs> on a personal level, then that's when crisis can come in, which is, you know, the outer planets tend to work through crisis when we resist change. So if we're not choosing, you know, and I've, I've used uh, the Leo Kings, David Palmer's uh, phrase, shattered reality for Saturn Uranus, because I love it, I think that's very right on. But if we're not consciously, intentionally shattering, in some way, some part of our own reality, then that's where the crisis can come in and something from outside shatters in a less um, uh, enjoyable, let's say, way. Yeah, and of course, then I have to talk about my own personal experience of that because um, it's, I love the way you put that because what I've been getting about the Saturn Uranus square is similar that Uranus is a very expansive fast moving energy and Saturn is that energy of contraction. And it's kind of like trying to force a river through a hose, right? That's what's going on right now is that we're getting these huge downloads and this access to maybe even the higher part of ourselves. And Saturn is how we make it, how we bring it into form, right? How we bring it into reality. And so there's this like necking down of a huge vast flow into a, some kind of a, a more controlled container. And, and like with Saturn, there's a tendency to over control often, right? Try to, you know, like make it happen in a certain way and make it go at a certain speed and Uranus doesn't allow that. And what made me think of my own personal experience is that I'm in a period of huge expansion right now with, with the business and kind of what I'm doing. And um, as we, have talked about unfortunately on this podcast before I had the big my big accident my big wreck basically I mean I've got Saturn Uranus square squaring my natal moon so it's all about the body anyway and one of the healers I've been working with said she really got this image of me wanting to step forward be, being afraid to and it's such a perfect uh, illustration of the Saturn Uranus square, like the wanting to expand, the wanting to grow, the wanting to like really bring more of the soul energy here. And then that sort of like, but I want to do it exactly the way I want to do it. And I want to do it in a very controlled way, et cetera. I think that's great. And, and, and I, something, something important is that we do need to, we do need to Saturn the Uranus. We do need to ground and integrate the changes, right? To find a way to bring those into our reality in a practical, functional, productive way. And something I was thinking in terms of your accident kind of being taken out, and also in my own experience these days, and 
when we were offline, you mentioned that the accident happened right when Mars entered its retrograde shadow, right? So to, to kind of bring in another big headline that we're in with, you know, we're in this Mars retro influence since September, you know, since that was the day of your accident, September. Oh, right. That was uh, September 4th, I think it was. Okay, right, right, right. Third or, or fourth, maybe um, until March 15th. So this is huge. And a lot of that, or one of the, you know, sort of guidelines for Mars retrograde is slow <laughs> the hell down, right? So on the one hand, we're in this super Uranian, speedy, accelerated, let's go, let's go, blah, 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 kind of energy. And of course, Saturn also moves slowly, but then Mars is like, no, slow way down. So what I, what I was thinking as you were talking or something that came up for me was integration and how often, you know, I, I, I think it was Barbara Handplow who, first alerted me to this idea that illness is a form of integration, right? Because that's, it's often the only way or an accident, often the only way we take ourselves out of the go, 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 Mars, 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 and instead slow down and actually have that time to integrate. So it's kind of like, okay, we've got this big Uranian expansion happening, but it can't, it can't, it's, I feel like part of it, and I'm, Curious to see what, what you have to say since you've been doing this deep, well, lifelong deep Saturnian deep dive, but just thinking about um, like we can't go faster than the physical body, right? And so and Saturn is about those limits of time and space, and there's a reality to that, and there's a non-reality to that, right? It's 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 tricky. Right? It, go, it kind of goes both ways. So I feel like part of the being taken out by illness or accident is like the body needs time to catch up with, you know, Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury. So it's a very mental energy, right? Our minds can be like, ah, I have this brilliant idea, this brilliant idea, and, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And the body's like, okay, can we just, we can just slow down a little bit. And I, I need time to take that in and really embody that. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it because, you know, 3D reality is dense, right? Because we're, we're earth creatures, we're, we're part of a very dense reality. And it's not that it can't change quickly. I mean, you can get instantaneous healing, you can get lots of instantaneous things. But in general, it's a, it's a way it, it, it we do have to kind of do things in a way that fit with the laws of time and space. Well, and then I just say too, even, even when those instant healings or instant changes happen, then we need time after to integrate right. that. Right. Right. And yeah. And I think, you know, this is a really good example, this weird personal situation, because <clears throat> it was like a full stop, you know, not being able to walk, especially when walking is such an incredible part of my life, you know, up in the mountains, it's, it was a full stop. And, um, and yeah, it was, it has been integration time. And what I really have gotten to is like, there was also a realignment going on because there's been a lot of change this year. I mean, this Saturn Uranus stuff that's going on for me has been happening for months. And, you know, I've learned a new healing modality and I've been working with a business coach and there's a whole lot of like big changes and they did need some time to integrate. Now, I'm not, what I wanna, I do wanna say this one thing about it is that <clears throat> I don't ever think we have to have trauma 
in order to do our lives, right? I mean, we get trauma. So I'm not one of those that's going and looking for, oh, maybe this had a higher purpose and this was really, you know, there's a silver lining. I've really learned that that's not useful, but there is a way to approach it, right? I mean, I, I would never say that there was any real gift to having this happen. On the other hand, it happened. And so, you know, the choice then is what do you do about it? And, and so that's been, and that's a Saturn thing too, right? That's like, you can't, it's a reality. It doesn't matter whether you like the reality or not, it's a reality. And so then how are you gonna work with that reality? And yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that you're describing response ability, right? And that Saturn, like this is the reality and exactly. what we do have control, you know, in terms of control and what we actually have control over, that's pretty much it. We have control over how we respond. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's a whole lot of, we could go take the whole tangent of talking about karma, right? Because that's really what that is too, is do you respond in a way that's in alignment with your soul? And that's the action you take. And that's how you don't create more future karma. And that's, I think Saturn is the teacher of karma, right? It teaches us when we're out of alignment, out of integrity, yeah. And then at any rate, I'll talk more about that on Saturday. If you're curious about the Saturn stuff, because come to the free workshop. <laughs> well, I was actually going to invite you to say more about that, because I feel like what we're coming into, particularly with the first eclipse, which is, um, should we just, should we just go there and say, sure, go about for it. Okay, yeah, because I, I think it's very tied in with this whole theme of karma. Um, so, so and, and just to zoom out for a second, for those who are not so familiar with eclipses, um, they're basically extra powerful lunations, extra powerful new and full moons that happen typically in pairs every six months. And one of the main ways I think about them is as a purge, uh, like whatever's been hidden and suppressed and repressed comes out during eclipses. And we see this on the world stage with you know, secrets or what's been hidden erupting into, you know, in the media or whatever. But on a personal level, it's like what we've been avoiding, what we haven't wanted to feel, what we haven't wanted to acknowledge, blah, there it is. And, um, and the, the, the idea is that, and particularly for a solar eclipse, which is a, an extra powerful new moon, and we have the first one coming up on October 25th, a solar eclipse in Scorpio, that is very much a, like a solar eclipse being an extra powerful new moon. It is a new beginning, but it's a new beginning that requires a death and an ending. And that theme of ending is so strong with this first eclipse because one, it's in Scorpio and Scorpio mm -hmm. is the dying, right? We're about to come into Scorpio season, um, which is, you know, the leaves are, falling and it's getting cold and the days are dark and we're coming into winter, it's the dying, right? And the fact that this uh, solar eclipse is a south node solar eclipse and south node solar eclipses are so much about the karmic past and releasing the karmic past, releasing what we've outgrown, what doesn't hold energy for us. Um, what, I, I also, I, I think this one, it feels a lot about, at least this is what's coming up for me, a lot about releasing self-sabotaging patterns because Scorpio is about power and it's about empowerment. And the, 
the you know reverse of that or the opposite of that would be how do we sabotage our you know unconsciously sabotage our our own power and or our own whatever how do we sabotage ourselves um so i'm you know it's very helpful to know which house in your chart is being activated by this for me it's my sixth house of health and and daily habits and eating and i'm just seeing see like self-destructive patterns in that realm you know yeah yeah and and what i want to say about that is that um you know this is so here's the cultural overlay right the cultural overlay is blame and shame and so when we start talking about this we start making it personal right like i'm sabotaging myself instead of what I think about with this is that these are survival strategies that we have implemented that were very much necessary at a certain point in our lives or our past lives, you know, depending or our ancestors lives, depending on how you feel about past lives or what language you use that they're their survival strategies that we've carried forward. And this is such a brilliant time for releasing those. And they all come from trauma, large or small, uh, something that we perceived as trauma. And so um, this whole thing about, well, you know, again, you know, my example, my weird example, I had a, a past life memory surface from the pain of this injury, which, and I don't really do a lot of past life work. I mean, I've done a little. And it was about being tortured in a dungeon, you know, and this whole thing about, and the pain, like essentially having me give away all my power, which I felt like I was doing again in moments, you know, with this injury. And so, you know, it, that's a, it's a, it's a way of self-sabotaging, right. Of not taking on our power. And yet there was a time and a place in our lives or our ancestors' lives or our past lives or whatever, where that was the only option right, was to give away all your power <clears throat> to make the torture stop or to, to survive somehow. Right. And, and oh, sorry, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go for it. I, I don't want to interrupt you. Keep going. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, it's a perfect time for you to say. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I think this is so appropriate with a Scorpio eclipse and, and, and that the this, this Scorpio eclipse is conjunct Venus. And I think specifically there's trauma oh to the feminine, sexual trauma, um, tr trauma very much to our bodies, and, and Scorpio does rule the reproductive system, right? So this is an incredible opportunity for healing it, but, it, but I think what's happening, and you just gave a great example of it, and I'm, I'm ding, 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 thinking of some examples in my own life over the past couple of weeks, as we approach this eclipse, those traumas popping up more. I was, what came to mind for me was, I was with a friend last weekend going for a hike and, and we got into this conversation about having children and, and you know, she shared an experience of, you know, she really wanted to have a child and her partner didn't and she, you know, aborted it, whatever. And then that brought up my own memories along those lines and just like, wow, this is like deep, you know, shame there's often a lot of shame connected with sexual trauma and um and how healing is it to bring that up and scorpio is the sign of secrets right and so this is and you know trauma loves secrets shame loves being secrets you know that's or being hidden 
right? So, so this is bringing up, I mean, eclipses always bring up what's been hidden, but with this eclipse in Scorpio on the south node in Scorpio, it's bringing up some really deep, like even what, what we've hidden from ourselves. Like that's what I'm yeah. noticing for myself too. Like, oh, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I'm a very inward, you know, I'm constantly processing. And so it's, you know, to have something come up that like, wow, I, I just, I totally missed that. Okay. Um, and to bring in also that Mars, the traditional ruler of Scorpio is in this very long square with Neptune as Mars is about to turn retrograde right between the eclipses. Did you want to jump, jump in, Christy? It, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where because I wanted to go back for just a moment before we get into that because the, you talked about the uh, eclipse being conjunct Venus. Yes. And Venus is carrying all this Plutonian energy from the three contacts with Pluto at the beginning of her cycle in what, December, January. And then the square that's happening now with Venus and the sun. And what I wanted to say about that um, and that sort of feminine, it's about kind of regaining that feminine power um, and I just wanted to say, and maybe this will this will go right into your Mars Neptune as well. Um, that one of the things I'm noticing, and many of the practitioners that I'm, uh, you know, friends with or colleagues with, are noticing, is that there's a lot of people coming to me and to them with sexual trauma, like childhood sexual abuse, mm -hmm. sometimes past life, but a lot of childhood sexual abuse, and the the healing is happening fast. And, you know, the compassion key is super well suited for that, but it's just, it's the, if there is that kind of trauma in our backgrounds or things that feel similar, and again, like you say, with all the shame, it's such a powerful time to come into healing uh, for those things. And so, that, yeah. Well, and I think, I, I think we do have, and, and this has been going on for a while with the North Node in Taurus, Venus's sign in its long conjunction with Uranus, breakthrough, revelation, awakening. Like we do have this incredible opportunity. And again, that Uranian energy being speedy and, yeah. you know, like, oh, I thought I'd be like this forever. Nope, here comes Uranus. We're, we're done with that. You know, we're moving into a whole new territory. And with that second eclipse, you know, I, so, and this is what I was saying to Christine before we went online that I'm seeing like the first eclipse on October 25th, this Scorpio solar eclipse, big purge, big release, all the shit comes. This is like the big flush. I mean, it's, it's hard to talk about a Scorpio eclipse without, you know, bringing in um, bathroom humor or whatever, but, but this is like the big flush. We got to flush it all out because the, the second eclipse is freaking cool like this is this is really an amazing setup with the you know lunar eclipse being an extra powerful full moon is going to be exactly conjunct uranus on the north node so where south node eclipses are all about bringing up the old oh my god not that again oh we're going even deeper up ah, ah. <laughs> and and yeah with that eclipse even in a loose square to pluto mercury is squaring pluto it's Yes, 100% underworld journey. But if we can do that journey, um, on the other side of that is a massive breakthrough and massive healing of in what Taurus, the feminine Venus, 
right? But um, and power specifically, right? Feminine power specifically. Yeah. Right. At which this, again, this whole Venus and Capricorn cycle so much about empowerment. And, and just briefly, what I was going to say, coming back to um, Mars as the ruler of that Scorpio eclipse in a square to Neptune, I think part of the higher potential of that is, you know, Mars is like the sword, right? Mm -hmm. Mars cuts. And it's in Gemini, the mind. So this is like the sword of truth or the, you know, when we can harness our mental powers to cut through Neptune, the unconscious, right? So this is stirring up so much of what's hidden and unconscious yes. and, and just like there is that potential to be able to see it and acknowledge it and name it and, and the power, the healing power of speaking it right and i think that's part of what this you know at the at the solar eclipse mercury in um libra right so mercury are the communication function in libra like we need that reflection we need to talk to other people we need each other and i mean ultimately scorpio is about mutual empowerment right mm -hmm. we, we can't you know i got this you got that but when we bring it together it's like this whole other you know magical thing that happens right and Mercury is square. I mean, here's another indicator: Mercury, the mind, squaring Pluto. Mercury able to get see through the dark and get into the underworld to really uncover what's really going on there, and and what who's running the show from the basement, and what what do I need to release to stop that from happening? Yeah, and the other as you're talking about the Mars Neptune square. Um, Mars, Mars and Gemini is in my 12th house. So this is a perfect example. It also feels like the opportunity for undoing curses and vows and like um, contracts that were made under duress. And I'm talking about, you know, in 3D reality here and now, but I'm also talking again about past life and ancestral stuff and, you know, vows of poverty or vows of chastity or vows of I will never take power again because I hurt somebody with it. And that's a lot of, and these are all like karmic imprints, right? And that's a lot of what we, I've been doing for months or having done with, for me, with the compassion key work and what, you know, and I'm just embarking on a whole new level of that. And so much of it is about these, these imprints Again, the survival strategies and survival stories, but this Mars and Gemini really makes me think of the way that we've cursed ourselves or we've allowed other people to curse us or um, we've taken vows or made vows with or without knowing about them. And um, with Neptune, you know, in that whole realm of what's underneath and time to sort of bring it up and make choices about it. Right. And the other thing I think about with Mars, Neptune is inspired action, right? Neptune is an ins inspirational energy. It's, it's where we're connected to everything. And Mars is where we put that out. And it seems like there's like part of that inspired action with Mars, Neptune and Mars and Gemini is the, it has to do with the conversations that were happening and the, yeah. the rewriting yeah. of those yeah unconscious vows or bringing those unconscious. I love that idea of contracts too. That makes me think about the, the upcoming Venus sun conjunction in Libra, which rules contracts right. squaring Pluto, 
right? Let's let's transform or release those contracts. And um, what a beautiful opportunity. And just coming back briefly to what I was saying about Mercury in Libra squaring Pluto, which could be another great contract breaking mm-hmm. setup. But um, I, I was going where I was going with that was was the power of the transformational conversation and transformational reflection that we receive from other people and just how useful that is. And I, I know like, you know, the, the chirotic full moon we had a little over a week ago, I, I, I was pretty shattered from that. That was very, that was rough. I was, I got caught in a big self-hatred shame spiral and my way of climbing out of that was I, I had a series of phone calls over the course of the week talking to friends and just like, yeah, I need, I need reflection. I need, you know, friendship, like we need each other, you know? Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. We do need each other. Yeah. I think that's about the time that weird past life memory got triggered in a conversation with somebody I love. Mm. Um, and it just was, it was instant and weird. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, my brain just kind of shut down for a moment. I was trying to think what else, so what, what, um, actually the other thing I did want to talk about that is kind of like the purpose of these eclipses. And we've talked about it a little bit, but like in the bigger context, uh, and you talked about the flushing out and the breaking through into, you know, creating which is odd, right? Because the new moon, which is usually a new phase, is where the flushing out sort of occurs. And then, well, I, I, just to interrupt, yeah. I do want to make the point that wherever that that solar eclipse, extra potent new moon is happening for you, it is it is a big new beginning, absolutely. And it's you know, as as we know, eclipses have a nineteen year cycle, so it can be a seed planting for a nineteen year cycle but it's a new beginning that requires a death. It's a new beginning right. that requires the release. And so what, what gets started at this solar eclipse, we might not see the results from that, you know, until next year, maybe at the Scorpio full moon or, you know, six months from now. And it's something that can unfold, you know, over many years. And so that's, you know, it, just in terms of it happening in my sixth house of health, I'm seeing like, okay, definitely time to detox because eclipses are a big detox time. People tend to get sick more often during eclipses. And I, yeah. I think part of that is because we need the detox and maybe we need the integration deep inward time. Um, so, and that is part of the purpose again, right? The, to, to do that purging and releasing. But I think it's also, I mean, these, Eclipses represent massive turning points. So it's also that something that's been building sort of behind the scenes or below the surface, it pops at eclipses. So there, so it seems like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, eclipses carry a Uranian energy of all of a sudden and out of nowhere, out of the blue, this crazy thing happened. And these eclipses, since they're Uranian flavored you know, there's the additional Uranian influence. So these are super Uranian eclipses that we're in, where it seems like, oh, something just came out of nowhere. But actually, if we really think about it, we can see how, oh, right, there, you know, things have been um, building, but I just wasn't really paying attention. Or, yeah, of course, that, you know, it makes more sense if we look at the bigger picture, but it can feel like it just explodes from, from nowhere. Um, 
And so just in terms of navigating eclipses, it, this is really, and, and to say that we're in the eclipse um, season or period for about six weeks altogether. We've been there since the last full moon, whenever that was, the chirotic uh, full moon. Last week, uh, we're just at the first quarter last right, night, I think. Right, yeah. right, so just a little over quarter. a week ago. Right, and we'll, we'll be in this eclipse season until two weeks after the second one. The second one is November 8th. So um, during this whole period, it's really good to keep things more spacious because yeah. there's a lot of, there's that Uranian like, oh, this thing pops up, that thing about, you know, um, we definitely uh, get some good lessons in releasing Saturnian control <laughs> as <Yeah>. Uranian <laughs> events pop up. Um, so keeping things more spacious and also particularly because Mars is stationing, Mars is turning retrograde right between these eclipses and Mars is the ruler of Scorpio season that we're coming into and Mars is squaring Neptune. We, we don't want to push nothing, anything that feels like, oh, I just got a power grip. Like that's not going to work. I keep getting, I keep, I've gotten so many lessons in that. Um, and yeah. um, so we want to be, we want to really pay attention to where's, where's the energy, what's, and, and this comes back to Mars being in a square with Neptune, like paying attention to that more subtle energy of, am I, do I really need to do this or am I overriding some other part of myself? We, we have to tune in at that very subtle um, Neptunian level and really feel you know, is this action in the flow? Is this truly inspired action? Or am I trying to force something? Right. Because remember that Mars is the ruler of the South Node, forcing, pushing, overriding, any of that. It's not going to work. It's not going to take us where we want to go. So this is definitely a good time to way lean into that Taurus. I'm going to move slowly at the pace of my body. And yes, there, there are things to do. It's not about you know, doing nothing, but what, what, is, what genuinely feels like it's in the flow and, you know, is honoring my whole being and yeah. Yeah. And uh, it made me think of, there's another um, piece, especially when you talk about how does it feel and what's the, what's the quality of the energy. One of the things I've learned about Uranus in particular, and so Yes, at the, the solar eclipse, but definitely at the lunar eclipse, we're, when we're going to get such a huge dose of Uranus, Uranus can be, well, it's a trickster, right? It's one of the trickster energies. And, and what happens with Uranian activations, and I can give you way more examples than I want to, is that it's kind of a, it's like this wildly exciting oh my God, the answer to everything is right there and I just need to do this. But it's a, if, if you feel, if you really pay attention to how it feels, it feels jittery and um, not so much tense as just like, uh, yeah, jittery is the best word I can come up with right now. But it's like this big excitement, like, oh, my God, the skies have just opened up. The heavens have opened up. It's out of body, right? It has an out of body feel. And you do not want to go that way. That's the choice that will um, that will create a big fall at some point or be disappointing. It's kind of, it's kind of got that sort of, I think I remember you saying once that Neptune delivers about 10% of what it promises. Uranus might deliver a little bit more, but it's not, um, it's not 
a way forward that has any lasting, uh, well, it doesn't have any staying power. So it's, it's something that could happen and might be feel really good for a moment and then it's gone. Yeah, I mean, like I would, if we're thinking about drugs, Uranus would be like yes. the Coke or the crack yeah. or the meth, you know, versus Neptune would be more the heroin, right? Um, or else, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, I mean, I, I feel like with Uranus in Taurus and conjunct the North Node, that feels like more of the possibility to create something lasting. And also even the, you know, and I think this is where the square with Saturn can be really yeah. helpful, right? We've only talked about it in the, the more challenging ways, but it can be more helpful in terms of grounding that change or making changes in a way that's actually going to be lasting, right? So right. Saturn is about what, what gets, you know, set in stone or what, you know, so this is about make, which is also to say that the choices that we make now as Saturn is living large and very much, you know, um, engaged with these eclipses, like that sense of, you know, the choices we make are very important and where, and as I always like to repeat what my teacher, John Marcusella said that, you know, with Saturn, the motivation determines the outcome. So just being really clear about okay. It's not so much about making the right decision or what am I, I got to do the, the right thing, but where's it coming from? Again, tuning into that more subtle level, which I think we have so much support for, right. I mean, including the fact that Jupiter, you know, by the time of the second eclipse, Jupiter is going to be back in Pisces, you know, really amplifying our inner world for better or for worse, depending on how we navigate all that. Yeah, it's a, it'll be a very expansive energy. And I think, you know, thinking about Uranus, uh, that Uranus North Node lunar eclipse, I mean, the North Node is where energy comes in, right? It's the, it's the head of the dragon. So, so again, I think we can get this huge download of energy and insight. Um, and because it's in Taurus, maybe, as you say, then that gives us more ability if we keep sort of keep our heads on straight, if you know what I mean, if we sort of keep our actually what I should say is if we keep the head connected to the body, right, if we still stay connected to the physical realm and the physical sensations, then, then we can take in that huge expanse of Uranian energy without having to break things or without getting caught up in making some quick decision and going off in a direction that it's just not gonna serve us for more than a very short period. And I'm telling myself this as much, uh, right, as I'm telling anybody else, because I've been known to make some very crazy decisions under Uranian influence. And <laughs> I'm just in a constant Uranian influence at the moment until next spring when Uranus finally gets past these degrees that it's in. And so that's something else to think about is that we're still in that um, Uranus retro period and it's going to be a while before we get out of this particular phase of Uranian energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just you know, over the next month or so as Saturn separates yeah. from that square yeah. or, they, or as the two planets separate from each other and that square winds down, I think that's going to be you know, and considering that, okay, the, that we're coming out of that square as we really get into the depths of Mars retrograde, right, starting October 30th for three months, we're, you know, super deep in it, 
I think this is going to be a very useful integration yeah. type. Like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> what what was that? And 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 we need we need that for those Uranian revelations too, because it's like, I mean, the, the, this is great timing because in my uh, Ardent Practice of Astrology class, we're going to be talking about Uranus and evolution and change this Friday. So this is yeah, grateful for this conversation that's helping my wheels turn around that. But I noticed for myself getting into that more martian uranian space of like all which is very available i think with um mars as the ruler of the south node like that really stressed out sort of fearful i gotta i gotta do it and for me it's been a lot like i gotta figure it out right mars and gemini i gotta like sort of tense up to find the answers and prepare for this class or whatever you know that that tightening and then when when i can remember to interrupt that and and you know and my body has my body has not been super healthy so it's been a great compass of like okay you just you actually just need to rest and relax and i think you know part of the call of uranus in taurus is the radical slowdown which is totally counter to our whole culture like radical slowdown when i remember to go into that place and just really relaxing my body and then allowing whatever you know revelations or insights to come through me from that place you know i feel like that's part of the the invitation here because uranus is the the revelation the breakthrough but it's in taurus which wants to just be in that very like oh my body just feels so good and so relaxed and um and so what yeah i mean it's kind of it's it's kind of a weird combination Right, but I feel like I'm learning something now that Uranus is about halfway through its journey in Taurus. I feel like I'm learning something about that. Yeah, I think that's. I think if there, we left with no other advice, it would be just what you what you just said. You know, is that it's it's like we have to move at the speed of the body, and that that's that's the most reliable guide about anything. You know, that's that's where all the wisdom really comes from even though with uranus it feels like it comes from somewhere else it still comes through the body and and yeah moving at that speed yeah so detox i mean this would be a great time to do a little fast you know if you like ayurvedic fast you can go find one on my um, resources page on my website for free and yeah so really good time for detox really good time to go slow I can't remember if it was you that said it, but somebody said slow is smooth and smooth is fast, right? So that slowing down and then, yeah, really taking time to um, to feel into these changes because it is it is kind of an epic time and heal. My gosh, so much, such a good time to be focusing on healing right now. Yeah, it just seems like all the energy, particularly for this um, first eclipse is, well, I'd say, the entire eclipse season, like so much of the energy is what's happening internally. Like that's that's yeah. where the action is. And yeah. not not that external changes and actions and all that won't happen as well, because we're in eclipse season, things are gonna things are gonna happen, we're gonna happen, but it seems like the headline is really more about what's happening beneath the surface, that that Scorpio season, right? What's happening in the underworld of our own psyches and um, beings and souls. Yeah. Yeah. I was having, I, it, and it makes me think about too, kind of remembering it's not personal. 
it's universal. I mean, the, what's going on now? Somebody I was talking to said that they were somebody, one of the healers I was talking to who said that she was getting a lot of clients with sexual abuse and um, and I've seen it come up in other realms right now. And she was wondering if there was something going on for her and her family that she needed to be concerned about. And I said, I don't think so. I think this is a universal pattern right now. And so even if we're dealing with our own, it's, it's an energy that we're being asked to, to sort of like honor and heal and release. Uh, and so, yeah, the, that's another sort of segment i would say another piece here and i think that's part of why this is so helpful right is that when we understand that that's what's going on in the the cosmic energies we cannot take it quite so personally like it's something about me or something wrong with me because it's not absolutely where where would we be without astrology <laughs> damn yeah and i think you know because we do have all three outer planets super strong and the outer planets are the transpersonal forces right and i think part of that you know part of that all of them being so strong during eclipse season as we're each going through our own personal portals of transformation having that awareness that what we do you know our own healing absolutely has an impact on the collective we are healing the collective by healing ourselves and we're and that's leveraging the most power we have to heal i can't as much as I want to heal, you know, loved ones or the world or the fucked up economy or whatever, you know, but maybe I have some power over that, but I definitely have, you know, the most power working from the inside out. And there's, you know, yeah, it's so it's useful to remember it's not just the collective energies that are coming in and feeling very um challenging but it's also that we we can affect we we're having an impact on the collective dream mars for neptune through the healing that we do ourselves and and i think this eclipse season is just yeah massive massive breakthrough potential and um yeah transformational potential that filters out into the collective yeah and that made me think about the whole uranus of taurus which i know we've talked about in past i mean this is by healing ourselves and our our particular uh personal experience of trauma we're also healing the whole planet yeah yeah i mean and useful to remember that uranus in taurus on the taurus north node that's a once in a lifetime right you know, that this isn't going to happen again in our lifetimes and and so this lunar eclipse that's coming up exactly activating uranus and the north node this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and i think again specifically around those venus venus realms of our um well our relationship with our body and and our sexuality and you know on a more mundane level around money right and and yeah. and, and ultimately and and we're in the the final minutes here and i can't believe we didn't talk about this but worthiness right like massive I feel like we're just like there's such a collective unworthiness program and even you know when i was in my self-hatred spiral and um messaging with an astro colleague of mine and she's like she reminded me that's not personal i think that's a that's a frequency that's playing out of the collective i was like oh yes thank you um totally it's right? totally a collective frequency yeah so this is a massive this lunar eclipse is a massive breakthrough around that unworthiness program 
um, and, and how that plays into so many other areas of life, you know, like sexuality and money and food and how we care for our bodies and all of that. Yeah, I think that I think that circles us back in a way to the whole thing about claiming your power and understanding that you're worthy of uh, power, you know, and that power comes from desire and and putting your desires into action. That's what real power is. It's, you know, it's back to the whole conversation about what is power. You know, it's not control. It's the ability to act and it's the ability to act from the soul and the soul's desires. And yeah, I think that unworthiness, I mean, it has so many other names, right? The feeling that there's something wrong with me, the feeling that I can't be powerful or that I'm not powerful and all those things are, they're programming, right? We've been under thousands of years of programming to separate us from our own divine source and our own self uh, sense of being divine. That's been the programming. And of course, when you lose touch with that sense of being this you know, divine, however you want to call the soul, you know, this eternal being that is here as an embodied human, you know, as a body, once we lose touch with that, it's really easy to lose touch with, you know, I'm okay, I'm worthy, I'm whatever it is. And so that's, and we're just in a time of reclaiming that. And I and think that really is the Pluto Venus piece, you know, Pluto, everything piece. <laughs> well, and also you're giving as you're um, saying all that, you gave me an insight into that full moon in Aries conjunct Chiron. That was our gateway into yes. eclipse season, which, yeah. you know, being in Aries, the sign of the self and Chiron, our deep wounds and, and our distortion around knowing who we are and yeah. how we have such a limited version of self that is all about um, limiting us from our power. If we see ourselves as only these, you know, um, physical beings and are not paying attention to our infinite uh, spiritual soul selves. Yeah. And of course, that's another part of the pro <clears throat> programming, right? Is that the physical being is separate from the soul self when it is the soul self. I mean, this is the soul self in form, right? There's the wave and the particle. This is the particle version of the soul right here, this flesh and blood that's us. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's what allows us to do everything we get to do as earth beings. So well, I think that's a great way to maybe uh, sort of bring us back to where we started with the Saturn Uranus square, right? Yeah. Saturn form and Uranus are, you know, yeah. spiritual beyond form selves. And that actually, you know, we, it can feel like those parts are in this big tug of war right now. And ultimately, we're all of it. There is no separation. Yeah, that is, I think you're right. That's a really good way of summarizing that gift and that, you know, and with Uranus and Taurus and Saturn and Aquarius, it's a, it's like the beautiful coming together with effort, but the beautiful coming together and understanding that they aren't separate energies. Yeah. They're just different forms of the same of energy. Yeah. Right. And maybe just being in this super intense period of bringing more of our souls into form, bringing more of our yes. evolutionary intention and spiritual um, purpose into Saturnian form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. I think that's a great place to wrap up too. I love that as sort of our, like, here's the takeaway for today. <laughs> yeah. Takeaway for me. I mean, to me, this felt very, uh, Libra planets squaring Pluto, because I feel like just through that 
reflection and um, exchange, the, the Libran exchange and reflection, getting to a place that I couldn't have gotten to on my own, getting to a deeper understanding. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's I, it's why I love these conversations. And I love, uh, it's one of the reasons I, well, it's, I'm sure for you, it's the same. It's one of the things I love about having a podcast. You get to have these conversations and other people get to kind of listen in and then participate. And yeah, it's, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So anything else um, before we wrap anything else, any kind of last things that you want to mention or remind people of? It's too late to join your um, Astroverse, right? Yes, the doors have closed to the Astroverse, but I will be tomorrow. I'm going to put out my solar eclipse in Scorpio um, download. So that will be available to those outside the Astroverse as well um, in the gift. So that, and they, yeah. can, they can find that on your website and then yeah. also sign up for your newsletter because you, you send those out at least a couple of times a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Okay. All right. And yeah, just the last thing for me is the Saturn class and all I've, like I said, that the whole last episode was all about it and it's this Saturday and I'm super excited about it. And I'm going to be offering some new ways of working with me, um, as at, at the end of that. So, all right. Well, so thank you so much for being here, Emily. I just, I have so much fun in these conversations and I feel like we have that I hate the word synergy, but it feels like we have that where we pull out so much more, you know, from the, the fact that we get to talk to each other about it. So helpful. Thank you, Christine, and always a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And thank you all so much for listening. And um, we'll see you in the next uh, episode of the Natural Wisdom Podcast.